Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Next Mapping Podcast. Very excited for today's topic and also our guest. Today's topic is how AI, bots, and automation are impacting the future of work slash life. Uh, we have with us Ryan Lester, who's the Senior Director of Customer Experience Technologies at LogMeIn, and his team own the strategic development and implementation for the go-to market plan for AI, chatbot, and virtual assistant products at LogMeIn. He's passionate about making new technology easy and helping any size company unlock the potential of AI and bots. Prior to his role at LogMeIn, Ryan held various sales, marketing, and product positions at Intel Corporation, Cisco Systems, and Eaton Corporation. If you want more info on Ryan, check him out at LogMeIn and also Bold360 and AIIRL. That's hard to say. <laughs> um, I just want to add that Ryan leads strategic development and implementation of LMI Customer Engagement's flagship product, Bold360, and is well-versed on how chatbot and live agent solutions are impacting our working world. And additionally, as host of LogMeIn's Bold360 podcast, AIIRL, Ryan is also comfortable speaking in recorded environments. So we're really pleased to have you with us, Ryan. It's interesting timing. I'm not sure if you, uh, you're probably super busy, so you may not know this, but I just literally, um, I, I, you know, our next mapping is about integrating technology with human and, and leadership consulting. But I recently, to uh, practice what I teach and preach, which is you have to have lifelong learning, I just signed up for MIT's AI course and I'm halfway through it. So, um, it's, it's very fascinating to me. A lot of people hear AI, they're very intimidated, or they hear chatbot or bots and they get, they, they get all freaked out. So I'm really thrilled that you're joining us today to give us sort of a common sense, uh, very experienced intel on this subject. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Same here. I, I, um, throughout my career, I've kind of, I, I love early technologies. Um, you know, my education was actually in engineering and as I said, I did some sales and now I work more, more on broader strategy. And I think, you know, the, the term seal seems daunting, artificial intelligence, you know, there's movies about the topic. So we all have this kind of mental model of this daunting thing that offers like a little bit of hope and promise, but also offers a little bit of a scary future. And I think the more we can make it accessible and approachable, um, and, and it, it really is pervasive in our lives today. We just oftentimes don't know it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and things like uh, what MIT is doing with their media lab. Uh, there's a lot of really great stuff out there that's actually quite accessible. And it's more just starting to get your hands dirty and starting to understand where the applications are relevant and how it's relevant, relevant to you both in your personal life and your working life. Right. So, um, right. So I'm excited to dig in. Yeah, thank you. So, so let's get started here. Um, let's just start with, I mean, I introduced you, but tell the, our group, our, our listeners, a little bit more about your role at LogMeIn and your podcast. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, once again, kind of, I have the uh, uh, the the uh, mind of an engineer and the heart of kind of a marketing and problem solving person, mm -hmm. and so my role here is really interesting. Of I work on our go to market strategy around our product that focuses on customer engagement, Bold three hundred and sixty, and how do you help engage customers in a more real time way through technologies like AI, um, and also make your employees more productive at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but as I, as I've been doing this work, I found that there's a lot of misconception. There's a lot of hype around AI. And I'd be having, you know, I, I traveled the world, you know, I've probably been around, around the world twice uh, this year alone. Uh, and I had all these conversations and people had the same common questions of how are people really using AI? Where is it being used best? And what I thought is we should really start building a podcast where I interview people that are living AI in real life 
mm-hmm. and learning from those insights. And so that I do a weekly podcast uh, where I interview people. Most of them are focused on customer experience and how you can improve, how you engage with your customers. But I also will you know, bring up other topics of how AI is pervasive across different industries. Mm-hmm. And they're all real world examples. And there's lots of examples of real world success. Mm-hmm. And so the question really becomes for people is, what problem are you solving? And then what part of AI or what solution sets out there to help you go solve that problem? Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's lot, lots of examples of success. Yeah, and, and I want to actually, I hope we have enough time to get into some of those real life examples, because I think that's what people can really connect to. Um, and also, if we have time, I want to give you a scenario and get your expertise on it, if you, if you don't mind, because yeah, sure. I think that we can solve some of the world's big problems, I really do. And, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll bring that up towards the end if we have time. Um, what do you think is the biggest misconception about AI and, and why do you think that is? Yeah, I think there's two big misconceptions. The first is that it, it's daunting and it needs to be very costly and needs to be like a long-term strategic approach. Um, and that's not the case at all. Um, there's t- technologies out there, solutions uh, that you can implement in a, a matter of weeks. You can start gaining insight out of. So you shouldn't think about AI as this. It needs to come from the boardroom and it needs to be something that we're going to look at as a, one, a year-long vision. You can have a vision, but think about this as what's the problem we're going to solve this quarter and how are we going to develop a solution to solve it now? Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you take a long-term approach, you're not going to start seeing that quick ROI. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing, though, is that I think because of all the hype around AI, people think about it as a magic wand. So even with some of our clients, you know, they'll say, well, I just turned it on and it's going to do everything. It's AI. It's it's Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence. And that's not really the case. I mean, the technology is is great, but you still need your teams to be aligned. You have to have good process. You have to be able to manage it. So it's not a, uh, you shouldn't think of it as a black box. Mm-hmm. but rather it's another tool in your toolkit. Mm-hmm. And once again, keep it focused, keep it focused on metrics and you can have a lot of success in a very short period of time. I love the way you describe that because in our work at Next Mapping, it's all about, you know, when we talk about the future and we've written a number of white papers about technology and human, it's really about not polarizing technology. In other words, making it a new silo, which is what we observe, right? If you make it a silo to say it's going to solve all this, what we really see as the future is the human technology integration. It's, the, it's that hybrid of the best of human ability with the best of the technology. And to your point that people think it's just going to, oh, we've got this technology, it's going to solve it all. It needs to be more of the bigger strategic objective, as you said, in order for people to really get it to do what it needs to do. And then let the people that are working in the company leverage what they're doing as well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, exactly right. There's a, I, I love um, lean principles. It's a yes. practice using manufacturing. Yes. And, and, and there's a common term of a Gemba walk, which is go walk to where the problem's happening. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And AI has two really great impacts. One is it can let you monitor all of those digital endpoints, all of those touch points, whether they're customer facing or employee facing. So your monitoring capabilities go through the roof. But it also then can aggregate that data and start to provide you broader insights. So it's giving you that kind of granular view so you can go solve specific problems, but then it also gives you that macro view. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the way you're talking about it is spot on. We also like to use a term called harmony, mm-hmm. where it's, it's really it's the harmony between the AI and the employee and the customer. Um, and you can't think about those things as separate. There's times where the AI is going to solve the problem well. There's times where an employee actually is much better to solve right. the problem. Exactly. And that, and that will change from business case to business case. So I, I, exactly. the model you're using is, is definitely spot on. Yeah, I like the word harmony. It's a, it's a, it's a nicer word. I, I, you know, I think for um, corporate, uh, in our experience, there's still a lot of siloing going on. So yes. even just using the term integration freaks them out. Yes, exactly um, you know, right. So I think I think really where you're, you know, what you what you're talking about here is 
really relevant to the future and what we're what we're really wanting organizations to do to leverage AI and and, uh, and technology. So can you share with us? You you opened by saying you know we're living with AI, we're living with these bots already. Can you share with us all of the unseen or known ways that we're currently living with AI and automation in our daily lives? Yeah, I think there's two really good examples that everybody can relate to. So one, it's timely, um, but uh, there were a couple of big IPOs in the last few weeks of Lyft and Uber. Mm-hmm. And, and you think about at, at the, the simplest level, it seems like a pretty simple use case of, hey, I want to go somewhere and I use an app to get a driver to drive me somewhere. Mm-hmm. But when you think about actually all the technology that's happening behind the scenes of orchestrating all those drivers, orchestrating the pricing for those drivers to help mm-hmm. Uh, meet supply with demand, orchestrating, getting you on the right route to the right place, and then following up all the billing process and all the review process. There's actually a lot of complexity that's all behind the scenes. But what the what what AI is doing, um, in addition to some really good user experience work, is it's taking all that complexity and masking it to the user. And so where AI is very powerful is where you can use it to manage massive amounts of data, but to help you make better real-time decisions. Yes. Yes, um, yes. And, and then A-B testing those over time. So, you know, going back to the Uber and Lyft example, well, what if we change pricing in this way? Or what if we change how we showcase how quickly a driver is going to get there? How does that change user behavior? Mm-hmm. Um, both driver behavior in this case, which you could think about kind of as the employee, and also customer behavior of are they going to take the ride or not? Mm-hmm. And so those are something that we all can experience and it obviously has dramatic impact on you know, the way many people live their lives. So that's one example. I think the other that we often uh, talk to companies about is things like virtual assistants and things like chatbots. And I think we're, we're in earlier stages there, but there are really good examples of things like with Facebook Messenger or, uh-huh. or chatbots on websites where customers are starting to see better outcomes Um, through things like natural language processing and natural understanding. So you're not waiting on hold for an hour to talk to an agent, but rather you're getting your your answer, uh, a question to your answer immediately. Mm -hmm. So those are two places where I think we're starting to see some really great success in the customer service use case and in some of the transportation and logistics use cases of the technology really rapidly scaling. Mm-hmm. Excellent examples. And you know what I love about Uber too is as the um, natural language processing and machine learning you know, um, gets more sophisticated, right? As it gains more knowledge, it like I love how it rates the rider and the driver. So exactly. like I'm rated as a rider at 4.5, I think. And it's like, damn, why am I only 4.5? Yes. I'm a five, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I mean, I, yeah, I think there's some real cool, uh, those are two really great examples. And I think there's, there's lots more. I'd love to maybe do a follow-up interview with you in a few months just to stay on top of that. Yeah, sure. Because uh, I think it's really relevant to our audience. Um, how do you see chatbots being able to increase customer service in the future? I know we're seeing them now, but again, it's the NLP, right, that, that is going to increase its efficiencies. But I'd exactly. love to hear more about that from you. Yeah, there's actually, a, I love a quote. Um, Brendan Witcher is an analyst over at Forrester. Mm-hmm. And, and the big, the really, so there's like a short-term value and a long-term value. The long-term value is the way Brendan talks about it is, Um, moving from monologue to a dialogue with your customer. So think about today when you go to a website, um, that experience, if delivered in a physical store, you would be like, "This, this company's crazy. So imagine walking into a physical store and no one greets you, no one talks to you, or they start pushing offers in front of you. They're like, here's a shoe. Here's a broom. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the experience on a website today. Mm -hmm. The customer's left to do much of the navigation themselves, um, or maybe we have some pop-ups or have some display ads of recommendations, but it's not a dialogue. It's all purely pushed by the company. 
So where there's this really unique opportunity with natural language processing and natural language understanding is how do we start to create more of a dialogue, do it in a low cost way to start with a bot. So have the, have the AI start the conversation, maybe it does some discovery, maybe it, it answers frequently asked questions by that customer, but you're starting to create an information exchange. And then as needed, mm-hmm. if it's high value or it's something important, then you bring in a live agent and that live agent can use the conversation. So, but there's this way of moving from a a very static or non-dynamic interaction with your customer to a much more conversational and rich experience and then all the good stuff that comes out of that. You know, I love that example. I'm thinking as a a consumer of a couple of recent transactions I've had where I was just frustrated like nothing else. Um, And I I have no problem saying one of the businesses here on this this, uh, podcast, but one of them is Expedia. I use Expedia for all my business travel, right? And and I, I book a lot of travel. And they do not have a, a, a nice, cohesive process online where you have that chat you know, that says to you, what do you want to do? How do you do it? And then by the time you get to a live person, they don't have the data to make an exactly. informed help. It's just such a problem. And I'm going, come on, you guys. In today's day and age, I actually tweeted about it to Expedia because I'm like, what, what are you guys missing here around the opportunities to give really good customer service here? Um, Agreed. And it goes also to the fact of, and you touched on this earlier about, you know, yeah. concerns and organizations of things are siloed. So the marketing team is different than the yes, contact yes, center team, yes. which is different than the customer service team. Yes. And so you have all these siloed groups and they're optimizing for their individual experience. That's right. But, but as a user, you're like, well, now I have three different phone right. numbers and eight that's different right. email addresses. That's and right. That's, that's unacceptable. Like in, in the world of today, it's crazy to think that we're still operating in this way. Yeah. Um, and so AI really is an opportunity to start tying those threads together and then creating those conversational interfaces where it says, oh, the bot says, oh, I know this is a customer service issue. Now I will help you get to the right exactly. person versus exactly. putting that onus on the, the actual consumer. Exactly. Yeah. I won't get into the situation, but it was, it was just so obvious of a, of a, of a being, being able to solve it in many different ways that they just didn't do. So it was, yes. it was interesting. Yeah. So one of the fears about AI and automation is that uh, it's going to be taking jobs. And we've done a lot of research that shows with any major technological revolution, there have been jobs gained. Things have changed. I uh, would love to hear your take on that. What, do you, what are your thoughts about AI and automation and the future of jobs? Yeah, this is a common topic we talk about and, mm-hmm. and I hear a lot of questions around. So I think that in the short term, people are looking at like cost management and cost savings opportunities of, you know, how can I um, better optimize my contact center or my inbound support through AI? Um, and there are certainly opportunities where you can say, hey, I'm going to reduce the burden on my contact center with AI. But in reality, most contact centers today are not properly staffed to deal with every customer anyways. Mm-hmm. So hence why we have hold times or why right. no one, why you know, the chat will say no agents available. Mm-hmm. Um, so in reality, where we see an opportunity is that the AI takes a lot of the mundane and low value work mm-hmm. and it actually frees your agents or your employees to spend on more high quality things. Mm-hmm. And so you think about that is today, rather than paying an employee to answer the same uh, 15 questions of how do I reset my password? How do I track my package? Mm-hmm, What's mm-hmm. your return policy? Have all that stuff go to the AI. Then have your employee instead spend time better understanding the customer mm-hmm. or working on cross-selling mm-hmm. or working on upselling or saving a customer that might potentially churn. Right. So there's all these use cases where they're much higher value. And that's what, people, that's what humans want to spend time on. Mm-hmm. Who wants to sit at a desk every day and answer the same 50 questions? Agreed. <laughs> um, and, and so you, know, you can yeah. think about this in the world of like even factory automation. Mm-hmm. You know, the automation has not eaten every job. It's eaten the low value jobs. Mm-hmm. 
And what it does is it allows us to be more human because we're doing bigger thinking, more complex problem solving, and that's where we want to spend our time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, to your point, I think it would be just the opposite of, it's going to take away all that mundane work that nobody really wants to do anyways. And rather, and, and I think another long-term trend is if you look at contact centers, there's a lot of turnover, a lot of employee attrition because the work is hard and difficult and repetitive. So if you can say, hey, I'm going to take all that junk work away and rather maybe you spend time really being a brand advocate and really spending quality time with the employee or our customers, I mean, that's a great job. Exactly. Um, so, so once again, I think it'll shift the type of work and, and long-term will make people more excited about doing that type of work. Yeah, and that, that corroborates our research as well. And, and, you know, I've had a couple of media interviews where they're like, yeah, but what about the people working at, you know, Walmart or, you know, and it's like, well, okay, if you look at Lowe's, they have um, autonomous robots that can help with customer service. Uh, you know, we have self-serve checkout now. You know, all of these things are shifting, like you said, the nature of how, like it's, it's actually redefining customer service in my opinion. So yeah, your point is really good. And I I think actually using um, a a place like Lowe's or Home Depot is a great example. Mm -hmm. When Home Depot first started, most of the people that staffed the store, because they had very few stores, Mm -hmm. were were like ex- um, carpenters or ex-electricians. Right, that's and right. And someone would come in and they'd say, oh, I'm trying to do this. And the person that worked there had all this expertise because that's, you know, there weren't a lot of stores. What happened over time is as they expanded, now people are spending more time restocking and just trying to find something in the store. So that the work has become much more mundane mm-hmm. and therefore they've lost that subject matter expertise. But imagine a world where the employee in the store, rather than trying to be like, well, where's this thing on what shelf? Or like, you know, why isn't this in stock? If instead they could be an actual consultant and become an actual exactly. expert, like, yep. it's amazing. Of course, that's what yep. they want to do. Yep. So I think that we're, we're, it'll give us an opportunity to go back to this small store style mm-hmm. where we're not working all that repetitive garbage and instead spending time on the high quality work. Quick story on that. We're renovating our rental property and I had to go to a hardware store here in my community and we looked online to see that there were two items in stock. I go into the store and I said, like, one of these, please. She turns to me and says, do you know if they're in stock? I'm the customer. (laughs) I say, yes, they're right here on the website. She goes, oh, do you know the number? And it's like, wow, okay. Well, I could have just come in and given me the scissor ladder and I could have done this all myself. You know, it's like, it's exactly to that point, right? Oh, it's great. That's a wonderful illustration. And actually, this is something that we, this this is the next big thing we're working on here Mm -hmm. is you think about all the information a consumer has when they walk into your physical store. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so much of AI, I think, is still focused on online and digital. But think about a physical store. A a customer walks in, they've done their homework. They know the, often they know the product they want. And and really, like, what other value is your employee? Exactly. (laughs) Totally. And often the the employee has a point of sale system that's from like 20 years ago. Exactly. It's running on DOS. Yes. So so how do you start to empower the employee with AI? And so this is what we're working on. We're actually launching a product around this space. Uh But but how do you give them a level playing field? So at least when the customer asks a question, they have a similar type of tool that can find an answer fast. Right. Um, Because or or even in my in my experience, I came. You know, I, I I said to myself, Wow, if that had been a fully automated process, I came in, I told the robot this is what I want the robot goes and gets the item for me do you know what I mean and I'm not trying to eliminate human jobs here Agreed. Totally I'm talking agree. about the customer experience totally yeah. agree yeah yeah there um I'm forgetting the name of the store when I was growing up there was a store oh uh, and they they uh, the model was that everything on the floor was for show and all it was was that you could walk around and play with it and talk to the expert yeah. and then there was no inventory on the floor it was all right. in the basement right. and and basically there was automation to bring it up to you yes. when you were ready to buy yes. But that's, I think, the future world of, hey, I love it. I want to play with it. I want to talk to an expert because I want to 
validate my purchase yes, yes. or I need help. Yes. Um, and it's not around help me find it because that's once again, low value. I can, Amazon is everything in stock. I can get it delivered tomorrow. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, I mean, we could talk much longer. Let me ask you one more question. And then, um, like I said, I think we should set up a part two interview here because um, there's so much intel here with what you're sharing. So I used earlier the example of Expedia. How can companies like Expedia or Uber increase customer care with better integration? Like, you know, you gave Uber as a great example, but how could they be even better with that people tech example or AI or bots or any of these things that we've been talking about today? Yeah, so, so there's another common question that, uh, that I get. So when you look at today, still much of customer service is inbound uh, or it's reactive. So it's, hey, I, I built some AI and it's really around deflection of questions. These are the common questions I get. Where we see the next wave going is really much more about being proactive and proactive across a variety of locations. So not just necessarily online, but also to your point in a physical store. Mm -hmm. um, but as you start to get to know things, whether it's you know some context about the user, um, so who is this person? Um, there, there's um, some interesting examples happening in the apparel industry where customers are scanning products as they're taking them into the dressing room. Mm -hmm. um, so you can start to get a better sense of what do we know about this person now? How do we more proactively either service them or proactively help them on their journey? Mm -hmm. And so that's the next big wave we're seeing where, especially with AI, the cost of those proactive interactions is really inexpensive. You're talking about a few cents for a bot to proactively engage. Mm -hmm. And one, it can proactively engage to solve a problem before the customer knows they have it. So think about in the travel space, but your flight's been canceled. I'm going to have a proactive bot engage with you to maybe get some preferences. So mm -hmm. your flight's canceled. Here are other options today. Do you have some preferences? And then it passes those preferences to an agent who's actually going to do the heavy lifting. Right. But how can you be more proactive in customer service? Right. Or how can you be more proactive in product discovery? So we, we were talking to a, a, one of the a, a leading consumer brand and they make uh, fragrances, mm -hmm. uh, perfumes. And those have a, um, you know, they, they typically turn those over every year or 18 months where they stop making certain fragrances. So mm -hmm. someone will come to the website and say, hey, you don't longer sell the one I loved. What should I buy now? And that experience today is kind of like left to the customer. Either they have to go into a physical store or they have to kind of figure it out. But imagine a bot says, well, what did you like about the last one you had? Like, did you like you know, um, that you use it in the summer? Or did you feel, did it feel summery? Or did you like to use it when you went out for a date? So it can take some variables from that customer and then offer them a better option. So help them with things like product discovery. So this proactive outreach of AI, I think is really the next big wave. Once again, solving the problem before the customer knows they have it or helping them find better product fit for the thing they want to buy from you. Excellent. Good. Um, any last insights or comments before we wrap up this uh, part one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I think the biggest thing I say to everyone is if you're not doing AI, um, then you inherently are falling behind your competitors. Um, we just big, did some big research with Forrester and th there's, a, there's kind of a maturity that happens with customer experience. And the most mature companies are investing in AI at a faster rate mm -hmm. and it's further distancing them from everybody else. Right. Um, so just like there's technology advantages in other ways, um, AI is also giving the best customer experience companies a bigger advantage. It's being a, it's, it's a, it's a, um, a catalyst to give them further advancement. Mm -hmm. So don't think about it as we have to get the boardroom involved. We have to spend seven figures. AI projects can be very manageable and can be done once again in weeks. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing it today, start now. Um, mm -hmm. And, and there's, there's really good ROI to be had. Uh, and, and don't make it a science project. There's really great solutions that are out there off the shelf. Mm -hmm. So think about what's your problem, who's solving that problem with an off-the-shelf solution, and then go from there. 
that's brilliant advice. And Ryan, where can people find your podcast if they'd like to go search it out? Yeah, so uh, AI IRL, um, and it's on all the major services. So iTunes, Stitcher, um, South, yeah. So anywhere you like to go. And once again, it's weekly. Um, and uh, this was a great conversation. I, these are the types of things that we talk about on a weekly basis, and I love talking about it because uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Absolutely. And so, like I said, um, in the future, we'll talk about some of these thoughts I have around leveraging AI. I think I've got some really brilliant invention ideas here. Nice. <laughs> I'd love I to love share it. with you down yeah, the road. Sounds great. So thanks for your time, Ryan. Excellent, excellent insights. Excellent uh, interview. Um, very um, in- enjoyed talking with you and enjoyed uh, our dialogue. So thanks so much. I know our listeners are going to enjoy it and we'll be in touch for part two. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you as well. <laughs>